0: Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
0: Exsurgat Deus inimici eius et fugi ancios facia eus. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Maria, Aria defende nos proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli esto praesidium. Impera et ili Deus, supleges de precamur, tuce princeps militae calestes, satanam aliosque spiritus malignos, ceat perditionem animaram, pervegantur in mundo divina virtute, in infernum trude. Amen. Cor Jesus Sacratissimum miserere nobis, Mater Dolorosa, ora pro nobis. Sancti Joseph ora pro nobis. Sancta Michaela Arcangela, ora pro nobis. Beatus Carolusa e Domo austria ora pro nobis. Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvieremus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Concepio est. In nomine patris, et filii et spiritu sancti, amen. So I put out a poll on Twitter, and the results came back that we're going to talk about the military's fail when it comes to recruiting. And we're going to get to that because it is part and parcel to the picture that has just come out in the news over, I'd say like the last day, day and a half. The news, however, I'm going to go ahead and give a hat tip to Tim Poole uh, because in today's show, he covered the fact that the United States has been accused of sabotaging Russia's Nord Stream pipelines. And this is kind of a big deal. It's partially a big deal because, um, <clears throat> mind you, the U.S. stands accused, but it hasn't been Russia who directly said it. What has happened is that people are looking at this. They're taking, they're, they're looking at kind of all of the facts in question, the situation that's going on between Russia and the West. And the assumption is that the United States sabotage, or actually uh, deliberately destroyed the Nord Stream pipelines. Now, I don't know how much I'm willing to go on this one. So I'm hoping that you'll come along with me as we try to figure out, using Occam's razor, try to figure out exactly what happened. And then once we've kind of buttoned that up, we're going to talk about the military and why this whole situation is kind of important. So first, Russia has two pipelines, Nord Stream 1 and Nord Stream 2. They both go from Russia into the Baltic Sea, down into Germany. Now, Germany has become extraordinarily dependent on Russian, on Russian oil and gas, and Nord Stream has been a, ra- a rather major negotiating tactic at least between Russia and the European Union, by way of Germany, because these two pipelines are the principal lifeline for Europe in their oil and gas consumption. Now, we know in February, Russia invaded Ukraine. Okay. We know that the sanctions that the West put on Russia actually only served to help Russia in the end. <clears throat> and everything that the European Union is trying to do, the fact is, is Russia's kind of got a work around. Because what they managed to work out, and this hasn't been reported widely, but it is reported by some, I believe Tucker Carlson's included, what, end, what ended up happening is currently Russia ships its oil and gas to China in huge in 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 vast quantities in fact in quantities significantly larger than what china actually can use china then takes that surplus and sells it to europe so this way europe still gets their hands on russian oil and gas but they do it by way of china so technically they're buying oil from china that's basically how that is, and it's an oversimplified, you know, there's mechanisms and, and methods and all that other crap that go in there to kind of complicate it. But just to its broad strokes, that's basically what's happening. Europe doesn't really want to be seen buying oil from Russia. Russia is more than happy to sell them at a markup. But the way the current thing is, is, well, okay, fine, you don't want to buy it from us, so we'll sell it to China. China can sell it to you. They'll mark it up, and China and Russia both make out like bandits. Okay. Now we've known this is happening for months i mean we're now in september this has been happening easily since march so at least six months this arrangement in some way shape or form has actually been transpiring okay now we know that everything that the european union and nato in particular with with involvement from the u.s hasn't exactly had the same effect that they were hoping for and Well, okay, whatever. They put sanctions, they put quote-unquote crippling sanctions, but they happen to be the only crippling sanction, or the only people that are getting crippled by it are the European Union and the United States. Literally, that's those are the only people who have been getting hit by this. <clears throat> now, we've seen gas prices come down and they were just starting to inch back up. And part of that has to do with the fact that we're draining our strategic oil reserves like nobody's business. Okay. Well, now... Now, the Nord Stream pipeline, and I don't know if it's one or both, but I know one of them has been hit, and so now Russia can't supply oil and gas using that second pipeline. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Well, it's not going to hurt Russia. That much is for certain. Yes, they lost the money on the pipeline. They'll probably have to send crews out to repair it, etc., etc. But it's not actually going to hurt them. Because they weren't using the pipeline anyway. They hadn't even fired up Nord Stream 2, which is why I believe it's only one pipeline. But again, I could be mistaken. I don't know for sure. if Russia can't export the oil using the pipeline, they can still export the oil. And that's why I know that these pipelines, it's not really hurting them. It would only be hurting them if everything was status quo and everything was operating the way it was supposed to. And in particular, and this is kind of the key point, if OPEC and the United States were doing what they were all doing in 2019, That the destruction of this pipeline would have been catastrophic for Russia. However, the United States isn't doing what it was doing in 2019. OPEC isn't doing what it was doing in 2019. They've decided they're going to go another route, and they're going to try and break ties with the West, at, if at all possible. The West, including the United States. All right. That's the situation. Again, this would be crippling if the United States was massively producing oil and gas. If we were producing the same surplus we were producing in 2019, Russia, this no joke, Russia would be on its knees because it would not be able to afford what's going on right now. Now, as to the question, who blew up the pipeline? I see several scenarios, and I'm going to pose each one, not in a particular order, just basically in the order that they come to my mind, and we're going to try and cut them apart and dissect them and see how likely that is. So, first scenario, the U.S. blew up the pipeline, all right? seems fairly simple seems fairly straightforward okay here's why nato was conducting operations in the area for anti for anti-deep sea mining okay or anti for anti-mining operations in the area okay so they had the time they had the opportunity they were in the location they easily could have slipped a quick covert team off to go do this and and knock the pipeline out all right that's one. Two, Russia did this themselves. They want to do a false flag operation, and they want to be able to blame the West for sabotaging their pipeline. All right? That's option two. Option three, a NATO ally. Again, this was these were NATO operations, so it may not have been the United States. It might have been a NATO ally. Slip out a team do the thing, and all that. Four, a Russian ally, like Belarus or China. Again, if it's not Russia who does it, then that becomes a much more successful false flag. If if they can confirm for a fact that Russia didn't do it, then somebody else did it, who does, who does the speculation fall on? Obviously, it would fall upon the United States. Why would it fall upon the United States? Why not those other options? Well, here's the thing. In February, February 7th or 8th of, of this year, before the invasion of Ukraine, Joe Biden says, if Russia invades Ukraine, Nord Stream 2 ceases to exist. Now, this wasn't a we're gonna we're gonna tax them into oblivion or this that and the other. This what this wasn't we're gonna have them shut it down. This was the pipeline is going to cease to exist. The, um, Nord Stream Two esse delendum. Okay. So of course, having said these things, that opens the door wider. Must have been the United States. Now, we are run into a couple of things. If the United States did just bomb Nord Stream 2, that's kind of an overt act of war. Okay, let me back that up. That is an absolute overt act of war. Is it in US national interests to conduct an overt act of war against Russia. If they think they can win, why not? We're gonna leave that on the table because I left one out, Ukraine. And I left it out specifically because I'm I'm literally, I'm just gonna put it out there and then I'm gonna eliminate it right off the jump. Ukraine went out. Sent, sent out a covert strike team and blew this thing up and then blamed it on Russia because that was the other thing is that the first person to throw blame was the Zelensky government and they threw blame at Russia for sabotaging their own to make sure to shut down the oil to Europe. Now, sin makes you stupid <clears throat> And so you could try to say, well, yeah, this is going to be exactly how we're going to push it. We're going to try and throw it in that direction because, and they'll just buy onto it because they need to buy onto it. Which is kind of dumb. It's kind of dumb like a lot. The fact that they spoke out about it first, making a formal declaration that Russia sabotaged their own pipeline, does lead me to believe that maybe Ukraine had something to do with it. However, riddle me this, Batman, with what assets? The Ukrainian military is a joke. It's been getting its butt handed to it up and down the Donbass. Donetsk, Luhansk, outside of Kiev. The Ukrainian military has been getting its butt whipped. It's been getting its butt whipped so bad they put it on the market as mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Now, that eliminates Ukraine as a, as a possibility. Now, maybe it was somebody under the Ukrainian flag. Possible. Even likely. But then you have to ask yourself the question why? Because if it were to come out that Ukraine did it, Russia now has an overt act of war. They don't even need a special military operation, they could just declare war and wreck shop, and they will wreck shop because all Ukraine has to offer is resistance that's roughly as strong as mayonnaise. And while Russia may not be the most elite thing smoking, they are certainly powerful enough to steamroll Ukraine and re-roll all of Ukraine back into the Russian national borders. And people can do what? Nothing. Nothing. Well, hem and haw, and we might escalate it to a world war, and everybody suffers, and everybody knows that that's going to be the case. And I want you to put a pin in that one because that's also kind of an important thing on the side too. We're going to pin that. We're going to circle back to that as well. Now, Ukraine could have done it. They certainly would have had the motive, especially since they've been trying to yank, drag NATO into the war full on. But they don't have the resources and that's important at least i don't think they have the reserve they might have the resources but let's be real do you honestly believe that ukraine has the resources to run a covert strike team to to attack a deep sea pipeline ukraine I don't recall their Navy being like Superhua. They don't exactly have SEAL Team Six. And that's why I don't think it was Ukraine. <clears throat> now, Ukraine off the table, who are the other players on the board? You have China, you have Syria. Syria, you could take off the board again, they don't have the capacity. You have China. China probably has the capacity. I don't know precisely how good their special forces teams are? We haven't seen their special forces teams in action. If this was China, you could make the case that the Chinese special forces might actually be better than Western special forces teams because they managed to get in, get out, and be completely unseen. Now, not outside the realm of possibility, significantly more likely than Ukraine. China would also be able to, you know, you kind of got the large-scale plausible deniability, a goodly portion of the stuff that's manufactured for and by them. um, You know, it has origins, it's probably not going to trace directly back to China. And even if they did, I mean, they could have easily just gotten a whole lot of weapon systems from the Taliban, seeing as how they basically occupy Afghanistan right now. And we did leave $80 billion worth of equipment. So not outside the realm of possibility that China could have actually put some of that equipment to use and, and transported it up there and then dropped in a team, etc., etc. And at this point you can fill in the rest of the blanks. Without any decent intel to see who all was in the area, I can't say. I don't know where to access it, and I don't know how you would. But China would be my most likely secondary culprit. In fact, China would be my most likely culprit. That is, they would be the ones that I suspect the most, specifically because they are not Russia, because their their capabilities aren't fully known, they do have access to the resources, and the motivation is absolutely there. The question is opportunity. Don't know if they had the opportunity to pull something like this off. But as to all of the other stuff, they are definitely a player on that level, and they certainly would have the motivation. Because who profits with the destruction of Nord Stream 2? China. It's a secondary profit because it means it means that Russia instead, instead of pumping the oil through nor, through the pipeline, they now actually have to continue with the current with the status quo that they're using, which is as China as a middleman, where China buys the oil, they mark it up, and then they sell the oil to Europe. So their alliance as a bricks as a BRICS nation, their the, the current oil and gas transportation arrangement fits, their, capa- their capabilities and their military capacity seems to fit, and it's just a matter of tracking it down and figuring out if they had the opportunity. Now, that would be the most perfect case because China could pull it off and then still frame the U.S. because it would be U.S. weapons and technology that was used to destroy the pipeline. Capiche? Now, here's the problem. The Biden administration is dumb as dog snot. I mean, just straight dumb. They couldn't get Afghanistan right. And we're operating and admittedly this is operating under the assumption that they were trying to get Afghanistan right. We know that what they're doing to the economy is deliberate. And any protestations to the contrary are literally just trying to cover their tracks. We Or you should know that by honest, like legit, if I'm the one telling you for the first time that everything that the Biden administration is doing to the economy is deliberate and is having exactly the outcome that they're looking for, I'm sorry to wake you up. You probably just be like, oh my goodness, that's just crazy talk. There's no way that's going on. Okay, this is deliberate. This is all by design. What we have to understand is, is when you're looking at the destruction of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, You have to look at it for how does it fit in the design. In the design, it fits that if you cripple that, if you destroy that pipeline, take that pipeline off the table, now things have to go another way. Now Europe has to keep buying the oil from China and have it shipped over at the markup. So they're paying the higher price for the oil and gas china's not paying the higher price china's paying wholesale prices they're paying they're playing the fr- they're paying the friends and family discount but europe is now stuck paying for the gas at that marked up price okay does that help well it helps in so insofar insofar as it's already the davos crowd united nations Um, Event 201, Agenda 2030, UK fires, Build Back Better, Green New Deal. That whole crowd wants to destroy the demand. That's what they're operating for. They're operating to try and destroy the demand for oil and gas. And so by doing this, you end up making it absolutely cost prohibitive. And it really doesn't matter that 400 million Europeans are going to freeze and starve to death. It only actually matters that they destroy the demand so that this way, oil and gas just stops being produced. So, the United States and the European Union, both, NATO included, both actually have an additional motive for destroying the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Now, I hope... That this isn't the case, but I am not sanguine. The smartest way this plays out is that China actually did it. They made, a, they made a 4D chess move by using U.S. equipment and Chinese troops to do a false flag. So that this way it's traceable back to the United States. The U.S. gets blamed for it. Russia says, hey, this was an actual overt act of war. Screw you guys, we're actually going to war. Boom, 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 nuke, 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 bomb, 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 paratrooper, paratrooper, blada, blada, blada. World War Three. That's the smartest way this plays out. I actually hope it's this only because it's the smartest way to play it out. I hope it was because, because I would like to think that there's somebody thinking on a 4D chess level doing some of this stuff. And yes, does that mean that the, you know, the U.S. and Russia go to war and it's a nuclear war and it's NATO and blah, 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 and World War Three and all that other crap? Yes. But it would at least be a smart way to start the war. It would be somebody thinking two steps down the line rather than what they've been doing. Which is, what can we do to get to our Green New Deal? What can we do to get to our Green New Deal? Which is exactly what this freaking looks like. When I look at this whole thing, because here's the thing. A lot of people are looking at these news stories and they're taking the news story and then they're and then they're moving to the next news story and they're not carrying the information from that news story with them to to use that as part of the paradigm in the next news story. So the proper way to look at something like this, the most efficient way and effective way to look at something like this is you look at the oil and gas pi- pipeline. You look at the competition between Gazprom and Burisma. You look at at the moves of the last 10-20 years of NATO versus Russia. You look at all of these things taken together and then you come to the conclusion now all of the people who are pushing the Green New Deal with the exception of the morons like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who's already been so successfully and permanently brainwashed that there's no putting the data back in her head to, and, and no spark in the brain cells enough to get them where she could actually collate the data, comprehend the data and actually make a real decision. OK, so notwithstanding the pinheads like her and maybe and probably Justin Trudeau and some of these other Emmanuel Macron and some of these other morons. When you look at the people who've really been pushing this, the ones who are all the way at the top in this whole level, you got Nancy Pelosi, who's like 80 or 79. You got Joe Biden, who's like 79. You got the Pope, who's like 83. You got Klaus Schwab, who's so old, his skin's falling off his face. He look he looks like a wel- melting wax statue. You got you got Bill Gates. You got all of these people. All of these leaders are all crusty and old. And even if you calculate in Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell and all these, like they are all so old and crusty that they all have to be aware that they're not going to achieve whatever it is that they're going to do unless they do something now. So is it likely that these people pulled the trigger on this? Yes, is it likely that it was the European Union, NATO and the United States particularly spearheaded probably by the United States? Yes, it is likely it is most likely. Occam's razor actually says that basically the United States came out they were like we're gonna do the thing and Ukraine said Russia did it just to try and throw the just to try and sweep it even though they don't have the intelligence capacity. And I don't mean like they don't have the brain cells, I mean they don't have the, the intelligence agencies to actually pull this off. Come on now, we just saw them walk in, we saw one of their politicians walk into a television studio and slap the dude around to make him do what they wanted to do. This is not finesse coming out of Ukraine. This is not top-level MI6, CIA, FBI, FSB stuff. So it's not Ukraine. Oh, Russia did it. They don't know. They wouldn't have the capacity to know. They don't have the capacity to gather the intel. We're not talking about this grand cyber intelligence agency headquartered in Ukraine. We're just not. It's not there. The only places with the amount of computing power to actually draw that intelligence is where? Kazakhstan. Didn't think I was going to say Kazakhstan, did you? But I'm specifically talking about in the region. The only people who actually have the technological savvy to be able to do cyber intelligence on that level is Estonia and Kazakhstan, and that's it. Everywhere else is behind the West. Like, way behind the West. would Germany do it? Maybe. And Germany's caught between a rock and a hard place. They need it. But if it gets destroyed and they can't get it, then they can at least point to their people and say, we're sorry, but there's, it's not there. We don't have it. We could put something on it, but we ain't got it. The problem is, when you look at the track record of the Biden administration, this is exactly the sort of dumbassery that they would do. Oh, we've got plausible deniability. Nobody's really going to know. It's just NATO, NATO conducting operations for this, that, and the third. The exact sort of operations that would make this work. Oh, almost forgot. Actually, given the fact that they were conducting these operations, there is another, oppor- there is another possibility. It is a possibility. It's a non-zero chance. That this was legit just an accident. They're doing the operations, this, that, and the other. Oops, we dropped a bomb. Boom. It's a non-zero chance. It's astronomically unlikely. But it is not zero. There is, It is not a zero chance possibility. It might be... .01 out of 100,000. But the fact is, you still got the .01. It's not zero. <clears throat> Occam's Razor says the United States did this. And may not have done it on purpose. But they most definitely did it. So the question then becomes if Russia can at least if Russia can prove it to a 50% if, if Russia can prove it to the point where it might actually work like an, a, a truly independent observer could look at it and go it's a 50-50 shot then they have to answer the next question. What are you going to do? And that brings us to the elephant in the room if you're an American citizen. Where has this administration been putting all of the money? The DOD doesn't declare anymore. They don't declare, their, they, don't, they don't actually show their budget anymore. They've, they've made moves this last year to do everything they can to completely obfuscate how they spend their money. But we can see some of the things they spend their money on. One, they spend their money on gay pride recruiting commercials. Two, they spend their money promoting critical race theory and gender theory. Three, they open the door wide open to transgenders whose Sole reason for joining the military is probably so they can have the sex change operation that they want to have and get their gender affirming care at taxpayer expense. This has caused an exodus. It's not the only thing that caused the exodus. To be sure, the COVID mandates forced tens of thousands of people out. And then others were just like, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to go ahead and get out so that this way I don't have to cooperate with this nonsense. And so the COVID thing was an excellent, excellent move to to put an ideological purity test on the military. Okay, so they forced a whole bunch of people out. Then with those critical race theory and gender theory television commercials trying to recruit, they managed to eliminate the respect Of the one part of the population that is most likely actually to put on a uniform, put on body armor, grab a weapon, load up their ammo pouches, and go to war. And they thoroughly alienated them. And for those of you who don't... Okay, so, look. A lot of poor people in a lot of minority communities join the Army. They join the Marine Corps. They join the Navy. They join the Air Force. Because they're trying to get out... Of their squalor. <laughs> but I served in the infantry alongside special forces. I've got friends who are SEALs, who are who are uh COINtel pro. And I'm just gonna use that for that whole segment from green berets to the more esoteric. and of everybody that I know on all of the military installations that I've been stationed on I can count the number of MOS qualified serving in that MOS infantrymen, artillerymen cavalrymen and combat engineers I can count the number of all people of color that I encountered over 20 years on my ten fingers with a slight extension to five of my ten toes. Combat arms branches, infantry, cavalry, combat engineer are overwhelmingly white. the four and a half years I was in the 82nd Airborne Division, I served with three Mexicans and two blacks. I made the fourth person of color over four years in the 82nd Airborne Division in my battalion. There were less than a handful. In fact, as I'm running through, as I'm running through my mental catalog, I think there were only five other, five other Latinos in the battalion of approximately 560 personnel. We had an NBC NCO who is a support NCO. He was black, not infantry. We had a supply sergeant who was black, not infantry. We had the S4NCOIC, who was black, not infantry. Two guys in the motor pool who were mechanics, not infantry. In my whole battalion. And it's not like there's no room in the infantry for more people. 560 people, the whole battalion, headquarters and headquarters company, the scout platoon, freaking the cooks. Actually, come to think of it, we didn't even have a black cook. We didn't have a black cook, we didn't have a Latino cook, all of the cooks were white. Now, not for a lack of trying, when you first join the army, everybody starts at the same pay grade. So you can't even say, well, they were just being held down. No, bruh. Near the end of my time, we got a first sergeant who was black. By that by that point, one of the other black guys in my company had left. So even even when my first sergeant, one of my best first sergeants too, but even even when he came in, the other guy left, and so we had the same number of black people in our company. Senior most senior most non commissioned officer. When he came in, one of the other ones left. Because it was his I think he actually ended up getting out. Because he had a short he had a shorter contract. <laughs> in my company there were 87 people. Two blacks. Well, four if you count the supply sergeant and the NBC NCO. But just talking just talking about the infantrymen. Two blacks, three Hispanics, excuse me. No, three Hispanics, because one of them didn't even make it all the way through. Five minorities. 87 white people. Excuse me, 82 white people. Did they not get promoted? Sure they did. Just told you one of them was my first sergeant. For those of you who don't who don't understand what first sergeant means it means he was promoted seven times in his career that's stopping people from joining no these are all front lines war fighters that was a heavy weapons company but of the other three companies about approximately 120 people in each of those companies There were no other minorities. Privates, privates first class, specialists, corporals, sergeants. None. None. I take that back. The scout platoon sergeant. No, no, he was, well, he was, he, he was in the in-between. You could definitely tell he was a mix of something. but his last name was italian <laughs> he was definitely a mix though you could see you could definitely distinguish that one one every other soldier in my battalion was white every other warfighter in my battalion was white now all of the guys who were in the rear with the gear not all of them there was a greater percentage for the guys who were in the rear with the gear they were still outnumbered significantly we had more white mechanics than black mechanics was that because black people don't become mechanics well you know that's a lie the f- the fact is is that it's significantly less likely for a black or Hispanic to join the military and become an infantryman. It's not out of it's not completely out, but it is significantly less likely. Just like it's significantly less likely for them to become a cavalryman, a tanker, combat engineer, artilleryman. Why is this important? Because the president of the United States, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, has said that white supremacy is the number one problem facing America today. So what does that do to all of those white people who signed up specifically to go out and fight and die? They get alienated. In the U.S. military, the highest, it is it is in the 90 percentile, I believe it's somewhere up to right around 90, 95 or 97 percent heterosexual white men. And you just alienated at least half. How do we know? The military has three days, three days to recruit nearly 40,000 men. Because in three days, oh, no, I take that back. No, the RSM ended yesterday. As I record this, the recruiting service month ended yesterday. Yesterday, the military failed to reach its quota by more than 40%, nearing 45%. 45% of their annual recruiting goal is somewhere right in the range of 35,000, just for the army, just for the army. Yesterday, they failed to meet their recruiting goal by nearly 45%. All four branches. And just for the active duty army, they would have missed that number by 35,000 minimum. Because right now I actually think that number's higher, but I'm going off a of based on what the numbers were back when I was a recruiter. And back when I was a recruiter back in 2002, Every year, the Army had to make its mission of 79,000 in order to keep the ranks stable. And this year, they missed it by 40 by forty to 45%, which means that they missed it by somewhere right around in the range of 35,000, just for the Army. Let that marinate. The United States Army Infantry numbers right around 50,000. And it gets harder to pin it precisely because you got a lot of guys in TRADOC and this that and the other, but it's right around 50,000. Total number of combat troops for all four branches as far as ground fighters, and that's infantry, cavalry, artillery, armor, combat engineer, might be as many as 110,000, 120,000. Might be. I don't think it's actually that high. But if the Army missed its goal by 35,000... The Navy likely missed its goal by thirty thousand. The Air Force would have missed its goal by twelve thousand, and the Marine Corps by sixteen or seventeen thousand. And the Guardians would not have had people smart enough to even put in. So the Space Force, we don't even know. I don't even. I don't, I don't even have a, a like a, a conception as to what. Wor- how large their fighting force is supposed to be, how large that branch of service is supposed to be, or whatever. Okay? I can tell you that the Air Force kids who were, like, they probably, the Air Force kids who really want to do space stuff probably actually went into the Space Force instead of the Air Force, which means that the Air Force might have missed their goal by maybe up to 20,000. But the Department of the Army that's, Regular Army, Army Reserves, Army National Guard is 45 percent of the 45 percent of the Department of Defense, and that's if you're wondering where I got those numbers. Those numbers are based on the fact that the if, if the DO, if Department of the Army missed their number if Army missed its numbers for active duty enrollments by 35 to 40 thousand, then the Navy, which is the second largest branch of service would have missed their number would have missed their numbers by between 25 and 30,000 the air force would have been the next in line however they're not going to miss it by quite as far they're just not the kind of people who join the air force are much more they're already mentally much more in line it's not saying that they're in line But they're much more, like they have a higher propensity to be in line with the status quo. So if they miss their numbers, they only miss their numbers by 10 or 12,000. And the Marine Corps would have actually taken the greater part of the hit, despite actually being the smallest branch of service of them. Because the Marine Corps, ideologically, would have been much more in line with the United States Army's combat troops because every Marine is a warfighter first, and then they're whatever else they do. Now, if you run those numbers together, and just slam them together real quick, what you come up with <laughs> is roughly 80,000. They won't give you the exact number, they can't give you the exact numbers. And I'm just giving you estimates based on what I know about the the sizes of the branches and all of that, okay? There's some wiggle room here. So if you're holding my feet to the fire, well, they missed, you said that the army missed its recruiting goals by 35,000. They only missed it by 29,000 or they missed it by 42,000 or whatever. These are estimates deliberately based on old information. We're ballparking. I could be absolutely spot on, and I have no idea, and I refuse to find out. Because things like that are violations of operational security. The reason why this thing as a whole is not a violation of operational security, one is because everybody already knows about it, two, Is because I'm not giving you the list of precise numbers in each division and each battalion etc <laughs> these people probably like the our enemies probably basically kind of know the numbers all right but the reason why this in particular for this year is absolutely catastrophic is because if the Department of Defense re- m- missed its recruiting goal by 80,000 again all supposition It is the equivalent of failing to fill the ranks of four infantry divisions. There are towns and cities across the Fruited Plain that number far less than 80,000 people. If a squad averages in size <laughs> between 8 and 12, let's just go with the low number. We'll just go with 8 for now. That's 10,000 squads. That's 3,000 platoons. That's one. Hundred companies, excuse me, that's a thousand companies, (laughs) that's a thousand companies and two hundred battalions. 200 battalions, 4 brigades, oh no, excuse me, 40 brigades, brigade combat teams, and at least 4 infantry divisions, army infantry divisions. If the Department of Defense missed its recruiting goal by 80,000, that is the equivalent of failing to field half of the United States Marine Corps. If the Department of Defense failed to meet its recruiting goals, it failed to meet its recruiting goals by the exact number of IRS agents that are scheduled to be hired next year. (laughs) That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Do you think you can win a war with half the Marine Corps? 80,000 is almost 10% of the Department of Defense. Do you think we could, do you think you could win a war with 10% off? I mean, this isn't a sale. I mean, they think it is. 10% off, and then the ones that they did put in are trans-whatevers. They're the precise sort of people that you wouldn't even trust with a gun because you're not even sure that they would hold it right. And that's the Department of Defense that's going to defend us if Russia blames the United States and then says publicly that the sabotage of Nord Stream 2 was an overt act of war. Sleep well, America your government's got your back. And it is, to be sure, to be blunt, the same policies were put into place that caused this by the same people who have done nothing but poke and prod at Russia, who have decided that they're going to support Ukrainian neo-Nazis, who've decided that in that in their effort to try and cripple the Russian economy would instead obliterating the Western economy. It's the same people. So, having absolutely no proof whatsoever, the problem I have is that given the track record of this administration and all of the permanent Washington morons, A United States SEAL team probably sabotaged the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. If there is anything that you think that I missed, because that is basically my thesis for the hour. If there's anything that you think that I missed, some details that you think would add some flavor, some major things, like some kind of news story that's like, wait a minute, but what about this? Please, and oh, by the way, assuming you actually made it an hour into the show, email me, Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can fill out a form on my website, RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can actually, like, you punch in the little, like, you go to contact and you fill in the form, you put your email, type in a message, and you and you can put, you know, forward the link or whatever. I will get the email. You can contact me Caleb at radiofreecatholic.com or you can or you can just go to the website and fill out the form on the website at radiofreecatholic.com. If you're if you know me on SP3RN, I'm Caleb the mechanic. You can find me on SP3N SP3RN as Caleb the mechanic or you can di- direct message me on Twitter at Mighty Colibri M I G H T Y C O L I B R I all one word. If there's something that you think I missed, contact me, send it to me. If there's something that says, well, you were not taking this into account or you're not taking that into account. If there's something that you think that that would affirm what I'm saying, I don't care what it is, contact me, let me know. Because there's a lot of stuff I don't have access to and it is just me. And I got a day job. I work as an aircraft mechanic. I'm pushing out airplanes out of of my hangar, trying to get them back into service to carry people around the country. I kind of, like, I I don't really have the time to do the kind of research that I used to do. Particularly when I was unemployed and I had nothing but time. I'd literally check and cross-check and cross-examine in the whole nine yards. Now, I got a day job. I got other stuff to do. But it doesn't make me blind to what's going on in the world. The 20 years that I spent in asymmetric warfare and intel and counter intel, the 20 years that I spent war fighting and actually doing tactical and strategic planning, all of that stuff doesn't go away. Which is why I'm looking at all this and I'm going, mm, this is what I think happened. I could be wrong, I could be wrong, but you gotta bring the receipts. Either way, no matter what. So you can feel free, email the show, Caleb at com. You can go to the website, RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can find me on Twitter, at MightyColibri. You can DM me on SP3RN. Any of those avenues, I guarantee you, you will get a hold of me. I will try to write you back. Admittedly, if you're one of my frequent contactors who sends me news articles, it's about a 50-50 shot, because I'm going to read the news article and then decide whether or not I'm going to use it in the show. This one... Kind of a big deal, like the whole thing sort of came together, and with Twitter coming back and saying, Hey, you need to talk about the military recruiting thing, Just talking about how they screwed it up. And the magnitude wasn't enough. You got to put it in perspective with the whole thing. And this is what the world's looking like as of today with what's going on as of yesterday for the re- for the uh, for the recruiting year of two thousand twenty two that ended yesterday. 26 September on the last Monday of September they've reached a whole new year everything went back to zero the numbers start over again but for the recruiting year of 2022 they missed their mark by somewhere right around the range of 40 to 45 percent and those numbers aren't my numbers that's the Pentagon as with all things If you manage to hear all of this news and you're like, Nah, it's never going to happen. Cool, whatevs. But if it happened to wake you up and you're looking at it going, Holy cow, this is actually really big. Then you have to understand, we got to pray. Pray for the church. Pray for the nation. Pray for that half-dead corpse puppet in the White House. Pray for all those yokels. Pray for the Pope. But most of all just do penance. Just do penance. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.
2: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable.